Good morning. I'd like to welcome you back to a new week and another edition of our Anchored in the Word Morning Reflection. And the passage that we're dealing with will be the same passage that we dealt with this past Sunday. And so if you were with us, we were in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And uh, we were looking at uh, the words of Mary. And so I'd like to read the passage together. And the topic we're going to address this week is Mary's humility and God's grace in that situation. Here's what it says. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, into, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored among, of the Lord, and he is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when he saw it, or when she saw it, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto, unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. Now, these words from Mary uh, are very important. And when we talk about the passage in front of us, obviously, there are a lot of rich theological truths. We talk about the fact that Jesus is fully God and fully man. We talk about uh, the fact that his humanity, uh, he had in his humanity, he had no human father. Okay. He was not biologically conceived in the natural way. He was miraculously conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary and had no sin nature and was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. So all those are all theological concepts that are very important. What I'd like to do is I'd like us to look not just at that side of it, but I'd also like us to kind of look at it from the practical implications side and to look at how Mary really is an excellent example of someone who, when she was faced with a difficult circumstance, she chose to do the right thing. She embraced God's purpose for her. She humbled herself. And uh, we need to learn from her example in that way. So the first thing I want us to notice um, and what we'll focus on this morning is that Christ's birth would have painfully disrupted Mary's life. And we see this in verse 27. It says that this angel came to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, nearly everything that we know about Mary in the scripture is positive. And even when we look at the statement in verse 28, he says, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The idea is that this is a person who is the recipient of God's grace in a very unique way. Now, Mary is not an instrument through which God gives us grace. He, she was a person who received God's grace, not just needing salvation like you and I do. But the fact is God, God enabled her to do something that was very challenging. She was going to bring the Messiah into the world, and that would have brought a lot of challenge with it. I also want to mention that she was in a very critical season in her life. She's a young woman. Now, we don't know exactly how old she was. The scripture doesn't say. 
But if Mary was a typical uh, woman getting married in her culture, she would have been a young teenager, maybe 13, 14 years old, something like that. And Joseph himself would have been very young as well. These, these would have been the age of our typical teenagers because people got married and started having their families very, very early at, in the first century in, in Judaism. And so she's at a critical point in her life. She is espoused. She is in an arrangement where uh, she is considered legally married, yet the marriage has not yet been consummated. And so you could say that, that she is betrothed. She is spoken for. She is in a commitment of covenantal agreement. And we see that in these verses. And so what is about to happen to her and what she's about to be told is going to really disrupt that at a very critical moment in her life. And then the third thing I want to mention is that the angel's message would have brought a lot of complicated emotions. The fact is, emotions are sometimes things that are difficult to pin down. And when we think about what Mary was told, there was a positive side. She is going to be the mother of the Messiah. Um, there is the positive side that, that he is the savior of the world. Um, but then there's the negative side that people are not going to understand what's going on. People are going to assume things. And the first person that she is going to be concerned about would be Joseph, the one that she is betrothed to. And so in verse 31, he says, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. And then she goes on to say, well, how is that possible? I am, I have never had any kind of sexual relation with a man, and I am betrothed, and I'm not yet married. Um, and so how is this possible? And God's going to explain to her that this is going to be a miraculous thing. It's in the same way that Elizabeth, who was not able to conceive uh, and in her age, God gives her a child. And in the same way um, that we have other women in the Bible that were barren, and God, uh, he we could say overrules the biological time clock for those people. This would be a miracle of even greater proportion because he, Jesus, has no biological father. So when we think about some of the implications of her predicament, if she is found to have been unfaithful in the eyes of the people, well, she would be considered guilty of adultery. And if she's guilty of adultery, she could be executed. And if she's pregnant, they would not have executed her because they would have wanted to preserve the child, the child's life. However, she would be put away and she would have to raise this child on her own. And that would be a very, a very stigmatized position, a very vulnerable position. And she would have to raise this child and, and go through all the hardships of life without um, the strength and stability and the security of having a husband and his family and his lineage. And she would have lost the dowry, and there are very few people that would have wanted to marry a woman in such a position. So when Mary was going to be found with child, the assumption would have been very clearly people thought she was an adulteress. And she was going to have to, if she was going to embrace what God was going to do through her, she had to accept the fact that she was going to experience that stigmatization. And there's also another side to this. She would face disruption downstream in another way, not only that Joseph would consider putting her away. And in verses 18 and 19, he actually, it actually says that Joseph found she was with child and he was a just man. He wanted to put her away privately, not making an example of her and shaming her. That's the way that G Joseph was going to respond. And that's the way you would have anticipated him to respond. But there's a second part to that. She's also going to experience a lot of heartache in association with what Christ is going to do. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Simeon blessed 
them and said to Mary, his mother, blessed is this child who is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken again. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine soul and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Simeon is, is, is saying that Mary is going to experience the pain of seeing her child die and the incredible hatred that was going to be leveled towards Jesus and that he was going to die in a very humiliating and painful way. And so the simple question is, what's the point of all this? Well, the simple point is that in the same way that Christ's birth was going to disrupt Mary, sometimes what God allows us to go through or what God has chosen to cause us to move through will be disruptive and will be painful and will be difficult. But God has a purpose in it. In the same way that he had a purpose for Mary, that she was going to be a, an instrument through which he ultimately gives the Messiah, God has tools and his disposal, people who he's going to use in ways for purposes that we don't fully understand, different kinds of purposes. But if God's going to use us, then we're going to be vulnerable at times. We're going to experience pain sometimes. We're going to experience heartache. And we need to be willing to humble ourselves and say, God, I submit to your providence. That's really the sense of the passage in front of us. Though this was disruptive, she submitted to the providential hand of God. And that's what we need to do ourselves. Well, Lord willing, tomorrow we'll continue this series as we work our way through Mary's humility and God's grace. And so I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Have a blessed morning. Bye now.